find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. Then transfer out! Freak! Two! Along the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit. Ah! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? And now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner. He's an asshole. And Chris Honeywell. Boy, is he strange. It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. Yes. All you freaky freaks and freakettes out there, it's Wolfman Jack Slater and the Two True Freak Show. How's that? Uh, yeah. Okay. I need a silver bullet. Well, <laughs> yeah, no shit. You need, yeah, what What do you mean? Like a Budweiser silver bullet or whatever? <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Um, if you might have guessed, it's the Two True Freaks music show, which we've done some music shows, but this one's way different. We're doing this sort of like. Almost like a radio show with us as our as your DJs. And us, I mean me, Chris Honeywell, and my co-host Scott Gardner. Hey, how's it going? So, with his, you know, both of us with awesome radio faces. Faces made for a radio broadcast. So, so this is a, a shoe-in. And I guess we've been talking about this a little while. I think it was, I don't know if it was your idea, but you're the one who brought up doing doing a show like this. Yeah, I think this kind of spun out of, uh, I don't know, uh, some sort of listener feedback, uh, 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 I don't know, an email or something on Facebook or something somewhere that somebody was like, hey, you know, uh, you guys ought to do a show about, you know, the music that you're into kind of thing, you know, play play some selections or something to that effect. And it got me thinking along those lines. and. I had been itching to do another music episode for a while because, you know, of all the episodes we've done, those those are still probably my favorite episodes is the ones where we just focused on music. You know, we did uh, the one with Mark Buttrick about our favorite uh, film scores, and then we did another one about, like, our favorite TV themes. And I, I just, I love music. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we both do. And that was, you know, I've said many times, that was the big thing getting into the the podcasting, you know, throwing our hat into that arena was, and that's one of the things I feel like is missing in a lot of other podcasts. You know, not to bash anybody else, but I just, you know, that's what I wanted to bring to podcasting more than anything was, you know, creating one that that's actually scored a lot of times, you know, that, that has running music through it and what. And we get a lot of comments about that sort of thing, you know, both good and bad. So, you know, but I enjoy that. I really wanted to, yeah, at least to it's bring noticed. <laughs> music to the masses. 
Right, and you know, this also proves two important things. One, that we listen to listener feedback, some of the time at least. <laughs> and two, it's going to prove be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you wish for from Two True Freaks, because you just might get it. <laughs> and um, so what, what, what basically is going on is Scott and I each uh, have picked ten songs, which we'll give you a little introduction for. I, I mean, these by no means are are like my favorite so- 10 favorite songs in the world or anything like that but you know some of my favorite performers are in here so I sort of picked something and my tastes go all over the place and tend toward the bizarre which I know you know by definition is not for everybody so I tried to pick and choose amongst my stuff that was accessible and bizarre and then with the bizarre stuff try to pick something that was that I thought more people could enjoy, but I'm sure there's going to be something in here to, uh, to, uh, un- you know, rattle some, you know, at least everybody's spine at least once. At least if I do my job right. But there should also be at least a few things that, that people really like, and maybe there'll even be some stuff people might want to check out in the future. Cool. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Uh, I, I approached this a little bit differently, I guess. Maybe I overthought it a little bit, but I approached it kind of two ways. Is For one, you know, you and I are old enough that, that you know what I mean when I say, do you remember mixtapes? Yes, I do. You, you, and, when you had a, a potential girlfriend, right. you, you had to make her a mixtape. Or when you even had a girlfriend, you had to make her a mixtape. <laughs> right. So... You know, this is like half mixtape as far as trying to figure out, you know, like, what's the music that best represents me, you know, that, that represents Scott, you know, and what I'm what I'm all about and what I'm into and that sort of thing. So that's half of it. And then the other half of it was just like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of doing this like, all right, you know, the, the listener listening right now, you know, just stopped by my house or just took a ride with me in my car or whatever. You know, what What are they likely to hear? What is the music that's likely to be playing at any given time? You know, what is, what is on Scott's MP3 player at any given moment? And I thought that this was a pretty good sampling of what I listen to on a, on a pretty regular basis. Um, I did try to steer clear a little bit of soundtracks, you know, actual like film soundtracks for the most part, because... I really want to try to do um, an episode like this uh, down the road, you know, a follow-up to our other soundtrack shows, but focusing more on tracks from different soundtracks rather than just themes or, you know, favorite overall right. scores. More of, you know, what's your favorite tracks of all the different movie scores out there kind of thing, you know? So it may, it may not necessarily be like, you know, the theme to Star Wars and the theme to Superman, but, you know, maybe it's some you know, just one-off track on some obscure soundtrack somewhere, something like that down the road. So while there is a couple of soundtracks on this list, you know, typically that's all I listen to is soundtracks and like Disney parks music. So, you know, that, that would have dominated the list. Whereas this is, it's a little bit more, yeah, it's a little different. It's a, it it is a little heavy on the Disney parks music, but I don't want that to scare anybody off because I, I really want to, uh, educate for lack of, of a better term i want to show people that uh 
that Disney Parks music is not what you may think it is if you've never been to one. You know, it's not all, you know, fluffy kitty stuff, you know, when you wish upon a star and stuff like that, that it can really be a very broad range of different music. So some of it is death metal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think my, I think my choices may, uh, may surprise folks as to what I'm, what I'm into, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much what I got. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Why? Because we like you. (laughs) Oh, man. Come along and sing our song and join our family. Or die. (laughs) Or die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. um, I really sort of steered... I'm more... I'm... I don't want to say I'm more rock and roll because I don't have it's I'm not all rock and roll but I'm more I have more band sort of stuff you know stuff you would find in a record store right you know because I know we're going to get back to the soundtracks and and stuff like that so when I get my chance to I and and you know I have such a huge insanely ridiculous music collection that I could we could do shows like this every you know I used to do radio shows and 90% of the music I would play would be stuff I'd be toting to the station with my out of my record collection so so it was it was a really hard call for a lot of this stuff but I'm looking forward to it you want me to to yeah, launch go it ahead out and dig in. yeah absolutely but I, um, I agree with you this it was much harder than I thought it was yeah. going to narrow down to you know what are what are 10 selections it would have been easier with 20 songs each. Yeah, would, but it would have been a like five hour show. <laughs> so, anyway, my my first selection is one of my all time favorites of uh, it, not just musically but philosophically and just in general is uh, Frank Zappa. Um, and you're gonna hear the word genius like three or four times in my list, and he's the first one that pops up as a as a modern day ge- genius. And I mean, he has such a huge huge body of work it was really hard to think what would i want to play on this it isn't something that everybody's heard or it, or is too weird and i picked one just because of the title of it and when i thought about it it, it sort of epitomizes that thing when he first came out it's an old one and when he first came out he got to you know he was just great at taking a piss on the establishment and taking a piss on the hippies and the anti-establishment at the same time and making it just hilarious and making it a catchy tune and 40 years down the line it all still works it's still funny it still makes sense and uh it's still entertaining so the first song is hungry freaks daddy Mr. America, walk on by your schools that do not teach. Mr. America, walk on by the minds that won't be reached. Mr. America, try to hide the emptiness that's you inside. But once you find that the way you lied and all the corny tricks you tried will not forestall the rising tide of hungry freaks, Daddy. Those who aren't afraid to say what 
the left behinds of the great society. All right, for my first selection, I just went, came right out of the gate with one of my all-time favorite pieces of music. Now, not, not everything on my list is going to be something that, you know, this is my absolute favorite, but this one definitely is. Uh, just, I, I love this piece of music and, and the, the feelings and emotions that it evokes. Um, this is by Jerry Goldsmith, um, something he did very late in his career, not too long before he died. And this is a soundtrack of sorts. This is actually a soundtrack to um, an attraction at a couple of the Disney parks. And imagine as you're listening to this, if you, if you haven't ever heard this or experienced the, the attraction, just imagine the sensation of, of just leisurely like flying or gliding over over land and that's basically what it is and this is uh, the soundtrack for Soren um, also known as Soren over California and it's just uh, it's music set to an attraction where you basically just hang glide over different you know just this like less than five minute film um, you know showing different scenes in California and the version I'm playing is the full version with sound effects and voices and everything. Now, normally with my soundtrack stuff, I hate that sort of thing. You know, like if you listen to, say, like the Apollo 13, the, the yeah. commercial available soundtrack, it'll have the 
you know, the dialogue and sound effects and stuff straight from the movie. And it, that sort of thing really drives me crazy because I just want to hear the music isolated from the film. But in this particular case, I, I'm playing the full version because I, I really think it it just adds so much depth to it and everything. It's really dynamic to listen to and if you're not already listening to this episode on headphones definitely put your headphones on for this one because it's uh it's really rich and dynamic um audio wise so enjoy this is uh jerry goldsmith soaring over california
my number two pick is um, by this guy named John Zorn, and he's this crazy saxophone player, composer, arranger, and he puts together these super tight, crazy bands that will just cut from genre to genre. It could be from metal to big band music to rock and roll to country to swingy stuff, all within one song, within seconds. And um, one of uh, the really neat things that this this guy did was uh, he put together two um, compilation records of Warner Brothers cartoon music where he just sort of chopped them up and and arranged them so it's little short cues and stuff it's not necessarily in any kind of order sometimes you'll hear a whole cartoon sometimes you'll hear just a little cut from it sometimes you'll hear you know Carl Stalling working with his orchestra and and rehearsing it's just it's great it's great to listen to it's fast moving and uh he writes great original music but I'm picking a cover tune this time because I just love the way that they play the James Bond theme
All right, for my number two, this again is one of my favorite pieces of music. This was one of my absolute holy grails, a piece of music that about the time I found it was uh, about the time I was about to give up thinking, all right, it just doesn't exist. I'm never going to find it. And I got lucky and I did. Um, I do think that this track is more than likely a bootleg. I don't think it's commercially available anywhere, but uh, I wish that they would put the full score out to this. Um, this is by Bruce Broughton. And what this is, is at um, Epcot in Walt Disney World, there's an attraction there called um, Ellen's Energy Adventure, which is basically you go in, there's this short introductory movie that, that sets the whole thing up and what you're going to experience. And then you go into another room, it's almost like an auditorium, and you get into these these ride vehicles. You, you load up into these ride vehicles and you wait a short time and then when everybody's loaded up, the whole thing starts moving and you go into this just awesome experience where you get this great big awesome movie. It's like a surround screen movie and you go in and you see all these animatronic dinosaurs and all this stuff. But what this piece of music is, is in that in-between portion after you've gotten the introductory movie and then you're going in to load into the ride vehicles, there's just this great piece of music that plays for about four minutes and I had been after this piece of music forever because it's just, it's an absolutely beautiful piece of music. And all I had ever heard was things where people had recorded it, like on their camcorder or something like that. But you always get, you know, the the ride people are there talking over it, you know, be careful as you load up, you know, don't let your kids climb around and stuff like that. So I could never get a clear version of it and really hear the entire thing. And I just lucked into this piece. So this is simply called Load Music is the name of it, but that's what it's from and everything to give you some context on it. And uh, just enjoy it because I think that this is one of his best pieces.
Alright. My next one is by another... I'm going to throw out the name... The uh, My next one I'm going to throw out the word genius again for is this guy, uh, Eugene Chadbourne, who sadly sort of languishes in obscurity. And he's another genre-busting sort of guy who's all over the place and plays crazy avant-garde music and is an incredibly unbelievable guitar player of the, you know, Jimi Hendrix level of skill. He's actually played with John Zorn, the guy that um, I played last song. Um, But Chadbourne has a special place in his heart for country music, and he writes it and plays it really well. And he he can play it in the context of like a punk rock club, which says a lot. Because a lot of people, when you play country music for them, they act like you're throwing pig shit on them. And it's sad because there's really good country music out there. But if you turn on the radio nowadays and listen to it, you wouldn't think there was. Because it's just this pop garbage bullshit. But here's some stuff that's not... This is some good old country music with great rude lyrics it's called uh, i hate the man who runs this bar and uh, being in a band where you've i've played in bars with some assholes running it that you know you're not going to get paid and um you know everything's just ugly i can really like i love this song <laughs> and it's a good song for bands to learn in case they ever get in this situation so here it is i hate the man who runs this bar if I can make it to the end of the song Before they kill the PA It's cause the boss man He's upstairs Ripping off my pay He's the man the mob calls for a little dirty crime And pulled a gun on some boys in a traveling band Is Maddie, let me get this far. I hate the man that runs this bar. Yeah, he's upstairs. Skimming a ten for every ten that comes in. <laughs> park, park, I hear a lone shark. Skimming off a crooked arm. They'll do lines all night. Sports car while you and me sleep on the floor. He ain't worth the cram on the neck of this guitar. I hate the man that runs this bar. Terrorizer, and then 
tell you how his wife and kids walked out on Christmas Day. I bet his man he let me get this far. I hate the man that runs this far. Alright, for my next one, I'm going to change things up a little bit, and I'm going to go with a piece from a soundtrack. This, uh, I don't have a lot of works by this person, but uh, it's somebody that's new on the horizon and that I'm finding that I really enjoy, and I'm going to be uh, keeping an ear out for future projects by him. And uh, this is just something that uh, has recently wound up on my MP3 player, and I am just enjoying the hell out of it. This is by Christopher Young, and this is a track called Harry and Peter Fight from the uh, Spider-Man 3 uh, score. So enjoy.
Okay, my next one um, we're going back in time for. This is another another genius, and this guy is a contemporary. He grew up with Frank Zappa, and they've done music together, and were childhood friends. And it's uh, Captain Beefheart, and who has a huge, great career in music, doing weird rhythms and bizarre songs. He had a voice that sounded like Howlin' Wolf, but could go up into the super high octave range and way down though just an incredible cartoony voice and bluesy voice and um if if zappa's a genius this guy's even a step above zappa in in my opinion he's also one of my favorite painters in the world his paintings are amazing but i'm gonna go way back to like the very beginning of captain beefheart for one of his really is more accessible songs it's like an old Holland Wolf I don't know if Holland Wolf wrote it but his voice back then and re- realize this guy's like 20 years old when he's singing this song um, uh, you know he had the same voice as you know this old black blues singer named Holland Wolf and uh, it's just a great you know classic blues song that all the old garage bands did called uh, Diddy Wah Diddy This next one, sadly, I don't uh, have any clue who actually did it. Um, what this is, sticking briefly with the uh, the superhero theme, I guess. If you remember back a few years ago, there was uh, the, the Punisher movie 
starring Thomas Jane and uh, and John Travolta. Around the time that that movie came out, there was a video game that came out called simply The Punisher, and it was released about the same time to sort of tie into the movie, but it doesn't tie into that movie at all, other than the fact that Thomas Jane voices the Punisher in that game. But other than that, that game is really an adaptation of the awesome uh, Max series, you know, the Max imprint Punisher series by, uh, oh, who is it that wrote that? Garth, and it Garth Ennis? I always get those names confused on this. One of those guys. Anyway, it, it's you know the really awesome ultra violent punisher one in the uh the adult only you know max imprint series great game and i think a lot of people overlooked it i I really don't hear a lot of talk about that one very often but it's an absolutely brilliant game if you like that max series anyway what this is this is the theme to that game um you could hear this like on load screens and stuff at the very beginning of the game or anytime you went back to like the main menu to to set your mission or switch weapons or you know put in cheat codes or anything like that and it's just a beautiful piece of music i really like it and of all the different punisher themes out there for the various punisher movies and why this is my favorite one and keen-eared listeners you know that have listened to you know, a lot of our shows may recognize this music from basically any time we've ever talked about the Punisher on the show. I found a way to sneak this theme into the background. So, but this is the full thing and uh, enjoy it because I really think that this is a, just a beautiful piece of music, especially for a video game.
Alright, my next one is going into crazed meltdown punk rock area. It's the Butthole Surfers. One of my just <laughs> all-time favorite bands. These guys going to see the Butthole Surfers. The first time I saw them, they had a like, scrawny, looking like she was you know, emaciated, naked girl dancing, go-go dancing to them while they had movies of autopsies and nuclear bombs going off and the drummer was pouring lighter fluid all over his cymbals and lighting them on fire while he was playing. It was just a riot. And uh, then the last time I saw him, it was pretty lame and the, the most crazy thing was they would show videos of the breakfast club <laughs> behind them as they played. So they went downhill a little bit as they got a little older or more or the drugs took their toll perhaps. But this is from the golden early age of the Butthole Surfers. It's sort of a cover tune of a Black Sabbath song called Sweet Leaf, but with all the words stripped off it and the um, <laughs> verse part stripped, it's basically just the main riff of Sweet Leaf, which the Butthole Surfers have slapped an awesome introduction on and have retitled Sweat Loaf. Daddy? Yes, son? Well, son, a funny thing about regret is that it's better to regret something you have done than to regret something you haven't done. And by the way, if you see your mom this weekend, would you be sure and tell her, Satan! Satan! Satan!
All right. This next one, I love this piece of music. Now, I don't even know what you qualified this as. I don't. I would guess that this is probably new age music. I really don't know. New age, believe me, is not my thing. However, you know, I, I was just introduced to it, and and I just love this piece of music. What this is is a slightly reworked version of David Arkenstone's Papillon. Um, on the wings of the butterfly off of one of his albums and he again I'm, I'm pretty sure this guy qualifies as as new agey music i'm not an expert on him i don't know all that much about it i came across this piece of music because this is played in interventions plaza in epcot and i promise you if you ever go to epcot and go anywhere near interventions plaza you're going to hear this piece of music because it plays there constantly but it's just it's it's just really beautiful. It's uh, it's just a beautiful, slightly haunting kind of music that I don't know. It just I really like. I like you know music that you can you can read to you know that that doesn't distract you because it doesn't have words or it's not you know really thumping and banging and you know distracting you or anything like that. It's just uh, I hate to say easy listening, but it, it's easy to listen to while you're doing something else. And that really is what this is. It's it's very calming, soothing kind of music, and I, I just I really enjoy it. So uh, see what you think of this one.
love that the butthole surfers is followed up by new age music it's awesome that's already that's just cemented this show into uh into legend well well my next one is uh one of my all time i love this band love 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 this band it's uh camper van beethoven from santa cruz california and they've been around they were around for quite a while they started to they got a contract on virgin records and they put out a record and then they sort of broke up and then they put out a second record with you know a different musician to replace the one who left and and then just sort of went their separate ways and broke up into different bands but now they're back together and are put out their best album ever which I didn't take a song off that album I I, I put one of my all-time favorites uh, it's a song called Seven Languages which is like the last one it's a pretty kind of haunting sad song but it just has the most awesome psychedelic wah-wah pedal I've ever heard in in a rock song it just has some great wah-wah pedal work so here it is uh camper van beethoven seven languages Oh, God. 
right, this this next one, kind of sticking with uh, with a, a sort of a theme, I guess. I, again, this one, I don't know very much about the person. Um, the the composer on this is David Lands, and again, I believe this qualifies as like new age music, but I. Like I say, that's not really my genre. I really don't know all that much about it. I just absolutely love this piece of music. And what's funny is, uh, you know, again, this is one of those pieces of music I discovered from from going to Disney World. You hear this in several different places and several different parks around. And I just fell in love with this piece of music. And not long ago, maybe maybe a couple months ago, was out shopping with my wife at Walmart of all places and I hear this piece of music come on and it just it was so cool to to hear it somewhere else besides either you know a Disney park or on my own mp3 player or whatever and it was just the the um, flood of emotions I got was just really cool I mean it just totally took me back to you know being on vacation and being away from you know the worries of the world and all that it's just a really nice pretty piece of music that uh, again you know just very pleasant to listen to. This is called Behind the Waterfall.
next one is from a band that maybe more people have heard of, you know, this is probably the most popular band on here, quote unquote, besides Frank Zappa, and that would be uh, Ween, and um, I just think, a lot of people would sort of compare them as like maybe the Beatles mixed with the butthole surfers, and um, I I think right now they're probably the best live act you're going to see music wise, and I highly recommend them, they're funny, they're Obscene. They are definitely not politically correct, but they can also be write some of the most beautiful stuff. And I'm picking out one of their more. And this, I'm going to bring this up right now because I forgot to bring it up at first. Is I, I purposely my, Beatles are my favorite band in the world, but I purposely avoided Beatles, and, and so did Scott. We both sort of did it yes. without even talking about it, right? Because we know someday we're going to do a, a whole show on the Beatles, so we just sort of straight away from the Beatles on this but this song by Ween is one of their very beatle sort of songs and uh, the lead singer has a sweet tooth for that sort of Paul McCartney type pop and his voice even has a lot of the same tonal qualities as Paul McCartney so they, they do a nice fake Beatles song so here's a, a fake, yeah, it's not a fake Beatles song but a Beatlesque Ween song called uh, Even If You Don't
All right, so for this one, there's a bit of a story behind it, and you got to go back a little over 20 years to when I was in the uh, in the service in the Air Force, and uh, I lived in the barracks. And one of my roommates was this really great guy. His name was uh, Jason Piccinotti from Pennsylvania, and he and I were really good friends. However, we kind of got on each other's nerves when we lived together because our musical tastes were so very diverse and different. You know, at that time, I wasn't yet listening exclusively to movie music, but I was really heavily into it. But if I wasn't listening to movie music, then I was cl- listening to what I guess you would call today like classic rock. You know, it was uh, Beatles and Cle- uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival and Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, stuff like that. And he was very much what I, what you would today call um, like an emo, you know? Although that term, you know, didn't even exist back then. And he was into what I guess you would call alternative music, which, again, I don't know that that term even existed back then either. But he was listening to stuff like, uh, oh, Depeche Mode. And I can't even think of some of the other groups that, that he listened to. And I used to drive him absolutely batshit crazy because I would, I would constantly purposely mispronounce Depeche Mode as Depeche Moody just to piss him off, you know, just to kind of needle him a little bit. And he couldn't stand my my music, and I couldn't stand his music un- until he started listening to this one group. And at some point, um, he just ended up getting me into them, and I, it really surprised both both him and I that I really could like the music. And I think part of it was that they uh, they did music that oftentimes was topical to comic books, and I really I, I kind of liked the message that they had and the stuff that they said in their music. And this group was Pop Will Eat Itself. And this was their, uh, I believe it was their first album, if I'm not mistaken. It was called uh, uh, This Is The Day, This Is The Hour, This Is This. And the big, if there was something that could be called a hit or something that you were likely to hear when these guys were new back then, it was a song called Can You Dig It that had a lot of references to... uh, to Alan Moore and Watchmen and stuff like that in the song. And that was really the song that got me into them and got me interested in them. But the one that I wanted to, to play for you on this show was actually a different song, which was called uh, Defcon One. I love this song. And I, I don't listen to them, you know, a whole lot, but whenever I do dig them out and listen to them, I, you know, this is the album I keep coming back to. And I really like this album. I really like this track, and uh, I think it's going to surprise people to, to go, wow, Scott listens to that, because it is so very different from most everything else that I listen to. But yeah, I really do listen to these guys, and I really do enjoy them. So this is Pop Lead itself, DEFCON 1.
Big Mac, fries to go. Give me Big Mac, fries to go. Give me Big Mac, fries to go. Give me Big Mac, give me fries to go. Pop Will Eat Itself. I love Pop Will Eat Itself. And Scott may think it was a surprise that he he liked Pop Will Eat Itself, but I remember riding around in your muscle car in <laughs> Rochester listening to Pop Will Eat Itself and being really really surprised at that time that, that, that you had heard of them and, and enjoyed them because they were pretty much on the they were on the cutting edge. They were a great they, they were a great band. Them they and uh was not was sort of occupied this weird little space at that time at that time period um, what would you qualify that music as because i don't even know what genre that is it was uh, you know it was er, it's like pop electronica almost it's pop electronic music they were really innovators of you know loops and, and sampling, yeah, and they sampling had a lot of and sampling yeah. cutting and pasting stuff and and coupling it with really super tight awesome studio production yeah, their production. I think and that's sound what brought me to was... them because, yeah, I think that's what attracted me to them was that you know I'm I'm not big on that kind of music, but you know even the Beatles, 
when they would do the kind of weird experimental stuff, right? Because the audio quality was so awesome and and cut so well and everything, I, I could appreciate the the sound design behind it. And I think that's one of the reasons I like Pop Will Eat Itself so much is I can appreciate the engineering that goes into the mm-hmm. audio quality and and the reason probably both of us like Thomas Dolby who, right? Yeah. Probably- I don't know if he made it onto your list, but he didn't make it onto my list. But he would, he he would be on. And he's definitely a runner-up. Well, my next one is we're going back to just a good old-fashioned. And I know a lot of you live in redneck land and are going to go, oh, good old-fashioned bad boy redneck song by just my favorite bad boy country singer Johnny Paycheck, who everybody associates with. Take This Job and Shove It, which he didn't even write. That was a cover song that he did, but he sort of made it his own. But this is one I like even better, and it's just that awesome. It reminds me of when I used to get my hair cut as a little kid. We had WNCQ, Big Q Country, in in Carthage, and it literally was broadcast out of a barn out in those sticks. And they played real country music like, you know, She Got the Gold Mine, and I Got the Shaft, and Roger Miller, and Drop and kick me Jesus through, through the, the goalpost goal of life and over and neither left nor to right. Straight through the heart of them righteous uprights. Drop <laughs> kick me Jesus through the goalpost of life. <laughs> I know that song by my my band does a cover of that song. I love that song. I love it. CB Savage, you know, all these great uh, but anyway, this is Johnny Paycheck with I'm the only hell my mama ever raised. I can't sell my mama short on loving me. I guess that's why she let me go so far. Mama tried to stop me short of stealing. I guess that's why I had to steal that car. She told me not to smoke it, but I did. And I turned out to be the only hell my mama ever raised. Till I rolled into Atlanta, stolen tags and almost out of gas. I had to get some money. Lately I'd learned how to get it fast. Door went down. And I said, Precious memories, take me back to the good old days. Let me hear my mama singing, the rock of ages clap for me. She tried to turn me on to Jesus, but I turned on to the devil's ways. And I turned out to be the only hell my mama ever raised. But they just clamped them tighter Till that metal bit into my wrists They took my belt and my billfold My fingerprints and the profile of my face 
Sorry, there's a bit of a story behind this one as well. I got to set this up a little bit. All right. For all those people out there that think uh, downloading and bootlegs and all that sort of thing is evil and wrong and it's terrible and blah, blah, blah. This one is one of the ones that helps me justify the whole thing because I think bootlegs are a wonderful thing when they work properly. What they do is they inspire somebody somewhere to go, Holy shit, people love that and we're not making any money on it. So then they turn around and they clean it up and they produce it and they put out an awesome version. And that's exactly what happened with uh, the next track, where this next track comes from. This is uh, off, I believe this is from the original bootleg release before it became a commercial release. Back in 1964 and 65, there was a New York World's Fair. And, uh, you know, there was all these exhibitors there. One of them was, of course, Disney. This is where they uh, premiered uh, attractions like It's a Small World, um, the Carousel of Progress, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, and something that uh, had something to do with uh, Ford Motor Cars. I'm blanking on what the name of it was at the moment. Anyway, a couple years ago, there was a four-disc bootleg set that came out that just covered... You know, all these different tracks from, you know, the Disney uh, attractions that were at that World's Fair. And it's just some absolutely beautiful music. I really, really like it. And uh, I struggled hard to, to figure out exactly what track I wanted to play for you off of that because this is something I find myself listening to quite often. I just really like all the different music that's on there. And this is the track I went with. This is just called, this is off disc four. Um, Magic Sky, that was the name of the Ford when it was called Magic Skyway. And uh, this is a track off of that called International Gardens Serengeti Serenade. And I don't know why exactly, but I just really, really like this particular piece of music. It's very, uh, again, it's very soundtrack-ish without necessarily being a soundtrack. It's just a nice, pleasant piece of music that just creates certain feelings and and emotions and and images when I listen to it and I really enjoy it and I'm going to catch you on the flip side with uh, a little trivia fact about it Um, so stay tuned for that Thank you. 
Okay, now if that piece sounded familiar to you, it's because a few years later in 1967, that piece was slightly reworked and it became the uh, more or less the, the theme music, I guess you could say, for The Jungle Book, the animated Jungle Book movie, which strangely I'm not much of a fan of. I mean, it's, it's an okay movie. It's not one of my favorites in the Disney library. But, uh, you know, again, that, I guess that just lends into why it's a bit of a mystery to me that I like that piece of music so much, but I really, really do. I just think it's really, it's pretty. Aww. Aww. <laughs> well, I'm going to follow up with one that's pretty, pretty fucking crazy. It's, uh, <laughs> I know, and I know Scott's not a big fan, but I am of Spike Jones. I just love Spike Jones, and we're going way back for Spike Jones, but I urge anybody who wants Go, go on to YouTube and look up some Spike Jones and watch some stuff off his TV show. He's one of the early inspirations, I'm sure, for Dr. Demento and the above Eugene Chadbourne that you heard earlier and uh, Weird Al Yankovic. And he just you basically... Make, you make me sound like I'm a hater. So I don't no, hate no, the you're I just, just I can, I can just only listen to it in small doses. Kind of thing. Yeah. Well, good. That's, cause, that's good because I do have a small dose and and you know he was he was the weird owl of his time and this song is sort of a parody of it is it's a parody of the song Laura which was the um theme music for an Alfred Hitchcock movie called Laura and you know this was the there there was a pop hit with the lyrics to it and this was the Spike Jones's version of it at, with the city slickers and oh my god it's just one of my favorites because it has you know, the sound effect for every verse, every line has its insanely over-the-top sound effect and audio pun, and it's just a classic Spike Jones song. So here it is, Spike Jones in, the, in his City Slickers with Laura.
face in the misty light Footsteps that you hear down the hall The laugh that floats on the summer night That you can never quite recall And you see Laura train that is passing through those eyes how familiar they seem she gave your very first kiss to you that was laura but she's only a dream stretch we're getting there okay this next one i wanted to change it up again a little bit i wanted to go with something that's basically brand spanking new something that uh, i just recently got a hold of and uh discovered and i'm really enjoying it it's not very often that something in soundtrack world really surprises me because it sounds different or it sounds unique or or whatever um, and this one is kind of a double shock because not only does it have a very unique, a very distinct sound, but also it's uh, it's from a movie I wasn't even all that crazy about going to see. I, I kind of just went to it because it was something my wife wanted to go see. And I was like, eh, what the hell, I'll go see that. And also it's a surprise because the composer of it is somebody that I'm lukewarm to at the very best. Yeah, I went to this movie, and not only did I enjoy the movie, but what I really came away with was I just loved the score. As soon as I walked out of the movie, I was like, I've got to find this score. And I did, and it's uh, it's one of the things I've just been listening to like crazy lately. I just really, really dig it. And it's not my typical brand of score, but there's just something about it that just catches me, and I, I really, really enjoy it. So anyway... Um, this is the first track called Discombobulate from Hans Zimmer's Sherlock Holmes soundtrack.
my next one is here's where I abuse my bully pulpit. Here's where I just totally, I don't do this very often, but I'm just going to act in total self-interest and play my own band. Ha 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 Now, Biblio Mike out there, I, I know I sent him a copy of this, and I know, Scott, you probably got a copy of this, but years ago I, I wrote a, a short rock opera based on the, you know, loosely on the life of Walt Disney. And I'm in the process of writing the sequel to it, and our um, the our singer uh, guitar player in a band she came in with this song, and it was just in the she hadn't written lyrics for it and she played it, and I instantly, totally could hear you know from the chord structure it fit perfectly musically in with all the stuff in the second part of my rock opera, so I talked her into let letting me have that for the next part of the rock opera and I got my accordion out and wrote like a real simple little melody for it and we just made it an instrumental and basically in this part the ghost of Walt Disney is just wandering around modern day Disney World and just sort of you know over not as much overseeing it but just sort of you know over overlooking it and seeing what it's become and it's sort of a it's it's sort of a um sort of a sad not really sad but it's it's bittersweet and eventually he ends up getting reincarnated into the body of a young black girl named Waldine because her parents conceived her at Walt Disneyland or Walt Disney World sorry and uh, decided to name her after the park so her name's Waldine and he ends up getting reincarnated into her but that's that's a long story so this song is called <laughs> Abacadabba and uh, it's the first song off the second part of our rock opera about the pre-life, life, death, post-life, next life of Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, this is wrapping the whole thing up. Uh, thanks for listening. This last one is, I apologize for the length on this one. It is rather long, but uh, I thought that this was the perfect way to, uh, to close it out. Um, this is just one of my absolute favorite pieces of music. I, I think it's beautiful. And, uh, and I just, I hope you uh, stick with it and I hope you really enjoy it. This is called Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. We've gathered here tonight around the fire as people of all lands have gathered for thousands and thousands of years before us to share the light and to share a story. An amazing story as old as time itself but still being written. Reflections of Earth. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com where you can download all of our episodes and find our forum to openly and freely discuss topics from this and all other episodes with us and your fellow listeners. twotruefreaks.libsyn.com is spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot Libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. The Two True Freaks now have a phone line where you can call and leave a completely inappropriate message. Maybe we'll even use it on the show. That number is 1-585-COP-LURE. That's 1-585-267-2666. 
5873. You can email Two True Freaks directly at Two True Freaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. We are now also members of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check it out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up.
Future Freaks has been brought to you today by DeManzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.